Fasten your seatbelt, quit stalking your ex on Facebook, and stop texting while you're driving. It's time for the Badass Business Show. Tips, tools, tactics, and techniques to help you explode your online and offline business. That's right, you're about to get the straight dope, whatever that is. And now, as seen on Good Morning America, The Today Show, NBC, CNN, CNNBC, and HGTV, here's your host, Fran Harris. All right, so thank you guys for sharing that. Uh, we'll have some folks coming in. I want to tell you a little bit about me, why I'm the person, why you should hang out with me, why I'm the person to, to teach you about speaking. I started speaking professionally when I was in junior high school and did not know at the time that this was a profession, even though, how many of you have gone to church before? Even though the people who stand in front of you at church get paid to speak, I didn't know that anybody other than the pastors and the rabbis and these people, that you could actually make this as uh, as a profession. <clears throat> and then uh, one day I was asked to speak for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. I was asked to speak at a rally with um, Tom Landry. You guys remember Tom Landry? And they handed me a check for $500. And I was 13 years old. <laughs> so that was my introduction to speaking professionally. And then I learned that there was, there was a lot that you had to learn about actually having a career. Because most of the time, people tell you when they ask you to come and speak, they ask you to speak for for free, right? Most powerful word in the uh, advertising dictionary, not my most favorite word, but they ask you to speak for free. So you come up with this, this idea and this feeling that if you want to become a speaker, you have to do it for free. That's how most speakers think that they get into this business. Now, for me, because I started when I was a teenager, if you will, 13 years old, I didn't have the same idea, but of course there's no university to, to learn how to become a speaker and how to build a career around speaking. So therefore, there are many different ways to do it. That's the first thing I want to say. And in this two hours, I won't get a chance to introduce you to all of those ways to do it, but I guarantee you before you leave here tonight, you will have a great idea about some steps that you can take to start making money in the next 30 days if that's your desire or getting booked more in the next 30 days as a speaker. Does that excite anybody? Yeah. Okay, cool. So those of you who uh, checked out my bio, you know a little bit about me. I was a basketball player here at the University of Texas. I played on our national championship team in 1986, the first NCAA team to go undefeated. We were 34-0. and 0. And uh, what was great about being on that team is that there was a lot of acclaim, a lot of hype around our team. And so we were asked to go out and speak a lot. Right. One of the p things that happened for me after us winning a national championship was that a corporation asked me to come and talk about how to build a championship team. So I go into this corporate arena and I'm still in college. So as NCAA rules, you can't get paid to speak at that time. Now, it's changing now. And I do want my reparations NCAA. But uh, but at the time, you couldn't get paid to speak because you were getting a college scholarship. So this corporation asked me to come and talk to me about the essential ingredients for for championship teams. And after that was over, uh, I said, I know you can't pay me because I'm an NCAA athlete, but if you could have paid me today, how much would you have paid me? And he said $10,000. Oh. <laughs> wow. Right? So I said, well, I'm just in the right business. I am in the right business. And here's what's interesting about that. I didn't have to have a special degree to get paid that $10,000. I was getting paid because I had expertise in the area that this client needed. And so that's the first thing I usually tell folks is, is that 
you know something, you know enough about something, no matter what it is, to help somebody else improve their business or their life. And so there, if you if you can agree with that and acknowledge that, then you can get paid as a speaker. Now, what you see on my screen is that speaking is the reason I have 70% of my current income. As we take a few steps further, I played basketball. I played on the Houston Comets' first WNBA championship team in 1997. After that, I retired, and I went into broadcasting. Okay, I went into broadcasting after I played basketball. Again, this is coming back to the same skill of speaking, right? I'm now a play-by-play announcer for the Longhorn Network, again, leveraging my speaking ability, didn't have a special degree, just need to be able to talk about stuff and, and do different things, okay? So speaking is the reason that I have 70% of my income. And so when I, what I'm going to introduce you guys to today is not only just having a speaking income, but how you take that speaking income and turn it into publishing income and how you take that writing books and those kinds of things, how you can do things online with just your speaking ability and how you can turn those into clients and so forth and so on. So, And it all emanates from, from speaking. So this is what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to talk about the the history of the speaking business. We're going to talk about the art of speaking because there is an art to standing in front of people and delivering a message. We're also going to talk about the business of speaking. Uh, And then we're going to do a quick Q&A. And those of you who want to go further and learn a little bit more about this business, I will give you the opportunity to do that later. All right. So the business of speaking, as I mentioned, since the beginning of time, folks have gathered for town meet. Yes, sir. Will we get a copy of uh, maybe. <laughs> Good question. Um, the business of speaking, since the beginning of time, folks have been getting together and, and talking, right? So the business has been around for a long time. The model, the business model for speaking, right, is, uh, is fluid. It's all over the place, depending on what you want to do. I'll share a story with you guys real quickly. Um, I played basketball in Italy, and a few years ago, I went to visit some friends, lost my voice, don't know why I never had laryngitis or anything like that. Lost my voice, checked into my PayPal account while I was there, had $10,000 deposited into my PayPal account from my speaking business, even though I had laryngitis. So what I want you guys to understand, that's how you get paid when you're not speaking, right? You're not, I wasn't speaking. I was 3,000 miles away from home getting paid as a speaker, even though I had laryngitis, all right? So tonight, you're going to learn how you make that happen, all right? So let's talk about some of the myths of speaking. Most of you have heard this myth that you have to start out speaking for free. How many of you have at one time believed that to get started in this business, you got to start, you got to start out speaking for free, right? And people would tell us in the, you know, people say in the 1970s and 60s, so here's how you start out as a speaker. You go, you get 50 free engagements. Do not take a check. Do not go out and speak for free 50 times. What kind of insanity is that? (laughs) But that's what people were telling people, right? You're not a speaker until you go out there, you do 50 Rotary Clubs. You go do this, you go do the Kiwanis Clubbing, and you do it all for free. Those people never had to do that. But that was the prevailing wisdom during the day when people were, were getting started as a speaker. So the first thing you have to know is that that's not true. If you choose to speak for free, that's your business. But to build a business as a speaker, you don't have to start out speaking for free. Um, you can't have a big fee unless you are a celebrity. How many of you have thought that or still think that? Okay. What would you think, in, what would you think that Angelina Jolie might command as a speaker? Jesus, At least $100,000. Okay. Um, what do you think, uh, let's see, who, who else is out there? Barack Obama might command as a, as a speaker. 200. <laughs> At least double Angie, right? All right. 
a million bucks. Hillary Clinton, anybody? Okay, now that's a lot of money. But how many of you would go and talk about what you know, whatever that is, for 30 minutes for $5,000? How many of you would consider getting out of bed for $5,000 to talk for 30 minutes, right? So the fee thing is, your, is up to you. There, is no, there are no rules. There are no rules. We'll talk about money later, but I want you to, first I want to bust the myth that you got to be this huge celebrity to get paid five or six figures to talk about what you know. It's absolutely not the case, okay? Um, the, the economy has, has dried up. There are no more opportunities. Who's heard that in one word, whether it's real estate, whether it's whatever, who's heard that when the economy dries up, no money to be made? Right? Millionaires were made in the Great Depression. Do you know why? Because that's right, they stayed the course. And everybody was saying, oh, the economy is so bad. Oh, there's no, the, the training budgets are drying up. People, nobody's hiring speakers. So everybody falls asleep, and the handful of folks who know that that's crap keep the course. So they make the money. So whenever the economy changes, your, your strategy may need to change, but people are always in the market for experts which is the first thing I want you to write down. I am an expert. I am not a speaker. I am an expert. I'm an expert. And people will always pay experts. Okay? Um, you need to be the wizard of speaking to make money in this business. How many of you have heard a bad sermon before? <laughs> bad sermon, right? That dude or that chick got paid after that service still right how many of you had a, a bad speaker like put you to sleep i can't believe they're paying people for this right that speaker got paid a lot of money at the end of that event what is my point they're not paying you to be a great speaker necessarily they're paying you for the information they're paying you for the expertise they're paying you for the results that they will get as a result of you showing up there so forget, I mean, I'm not saying I want you to go out and be bad. You better not be bad after taking this class, but I don't want you to go out there and think that you have to be perfect to make a living and to make a great living part-time or full-time doing this. You don't. You don't have to be um, Dale Carnegie. You don't have to be Oprah Winfrey. You have to be able to help people transform their lives or their businesses. That's it. That's it. Right? Okay. Last one is that it takes money to get started. This is one of the few businesses, few vocations that it takes absolutely zero money to get started. Right? That sounds like a late night infomercial. I don't care. It's true. It takes no money to get started. None. None. And because of the internet, then your, your, your opportunities are vast. Okay? So here are some of the truths. You can start out getting paid as a speaker tomorrow. I'm going to show you how to do that. Okay? If you want to speak for free, that's your business. That's optional. But you don't need to leave here with the mindset and the paradigm that you have to speak for free. If you have something for, of value that can transform, that you can help somebody, you don't have to speak for free. All right? Um, your fee is completely set by you. How freeing is that? It's completely set by you. I'm 21 years old. They tell me they would have paid me $10,000. I would have never set my fee there, ever. Oh, because I didn't know. So 
Your fee is set by you. And the amount of money that you make the first year that you leave this this room is going to be because of your money issues, not because of your talent and your expertise. It's your inability to ask for the dollars and your stuff around asking for money. I don't care if the person sitting next to you wants to, wants to charge $1,000 and you guys do the same thing and you go $5,000. What's the difference? You ask for $5,000. That is the difference. Okay? So you set your own fee. Um, again, you are more than a speaker. You're an expert. I can't, I can't emphasize how important it is that you distinguish that in your mind so that when you're talking to people who are thinking about booking you, they're not booking a speaker. Now, sometimes people will book inspirational, motivational, whatever. Well, what is the expertise in that situation? That's right. That's the expertise. That's the expertise. I'm not telling you I'm going to double your sales. I'm not telling you I'm going to um, get your margins higher. But I'm telling you that when you leave, you're going to be excited. You're going to be on fire. Okay? That's the expertise. People pay for expertise, all right? Um, you need your own style and brand because there are 30 of you, 20 of you in this room who want to be speakers. I don't know that you have the same expertise, but I guarantee you somebody out there has your expertise. So when someone is looking to book someone like you, I got three people in a lineup. What is going to make me pick you out of the lineup? What's it going to be that makes you different? And we'll talk a little bit about your unique selling proposition later. Again, few few professions in 2014 where you have zero startup. So those are the truths. Now, it's fun. The old school model of speaking, which some of you are very aware of. You get booked for a speaking engagement. You go speak. You pick up your check. And it starts all over the next time. Everybody familiar with that? We need a speaker. Okay, I'm looking for Anne. Anne needs to go speak. Anne goes. She goes speak. She wows the crowd. She picks up her check. And we start over again tomorrow. Now, what's the problem with the old school business model? You got to be there. You have to be there. I already told you I was in Italy drinking wine with laryngitis. $10,000 in my PayPal account. I wasn't there. Okay? Making money off my expertise, not about me physically being there. So the old school model means that you got to be on the road. If you want to make $365,000 in a year, what you're going to do is multiply your number of engagements, time your fee to get your income. Right? The old school model says that to make $100,000, if your fee is $1,000, how many engagements do you need? Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be in a different hotel every night, every other day, whatever. That's the life you're signing up for. Some people love that. I have a friend. He gets in his Cadillac, and he just drives. He does 200 engagements a year. 200 engagements a year. $500, 1000 whatever. He makes about six figures. 200 engagements a year. He's in different hotels in different states and different cities 200 times a year. And we know that's more than that because you got to get there, right? So how, who wants to sign up for that lifestyle? Nobody wants that, right? You can't have a life that way. Very few people can operate that way. But think about the equation of the old school model. That's what most people are still doing in 2014. 
let that soak in for a second. Now, the new school model is you create multiple streams of income. It's not just your speaking income that you have, as I mentioned in the open. It's your publishing income because you have books and e-books. It's potentially your coaching income because you have groups that you do. You do events like I'm doing right now. Okay, it's doing your own events. It's consulting. It's wide open if you're an expert. If you're just a speaker, here's your income stream right here. It's you getting on a plane or a bus or in your car 300 times a year to go get your six figures or whatever you decide you want to make. And notice I said whatever you decide you want to make because that's what you're signing up for. You get to decide what you're going to make. So as, as the, the new school, what you're doing is you're saying, okay, I have various income streams that don't rely on me being there. I want to drill that into your head. I don't want you guys to leave here and to think that in order to make whatever your number is, that you have to be there all the time. Okay? Making money while you sleep is a beautiful thing. Waking up every morning to PayPal notifications for money that you were making while you were asleep is a beautiful thing. I wasn't there when you bought my ebook or my course for $997 in the middle of the night. I wasn't there. I was sleeping. That's what you need to set your mind for. Okay? You have unlimited, unlimited income with your books, your products, your events. You get to design the entire thing. You get to design the entire thing. Joint ventures. Does anybody know what joint ventures are? That's when you and I decide you have a complimentary service to me, and I say, let's do an event together. We split the revenue. Boom. You got 1,000 people on your list. I've got 20,000 people on my list. You get the benefit of my 20,000 people. I get the benefit of your joint ventures. So you get to create this however you want. Webinars. Who's been on a webinar lately? Okay. So you're at home in your pajamas, sweats, or at the job, pretending to work <laughs> on a webinar, right? You can do those. You can do those. You can do those now with Google Hangouts for free. For what? Free. For free. Okay. So lots of different things that you can do with the new school model. All right? I've already told you guys my laryngitis story. Let's talk about the number one fear that folks have. Speaking in front of an audience beats death, beats heights, beats snakes. Speaking in front of an audience is the number one fear on the planet. Why is that? Perhaps the reason. What's that? Judging, failure. What else? Lack of experience. What else? Feel vulnerable. Vulnerable. Lack of courage. Courage. Criticism. Criticism. Confidence. Yet you sit here. Does anybody in here have any of those fears? Yes. Okay. I mentioned that I have a career in television. The first time I got my first gig on ESPN, I was 25 years old. And um, very confident person until that light was on me running with the camera. <laughs> right? In three, 
two, and one. Millions of people are watching you. Totally different person. I became a totally different person. It's thank you so much. I was scared. I was scared. So it's the same fear that people have when they stand in front of an audience. So we put this, I put this slide up because that the fear that you have, some of them that you don't even know that you have, is a fear that's going to keep you from making whatever your number is. I don't know what your number is. Fear of criticism, right? Fear of rejection. Who thinks they have a fear of criticism or rejection? All of us. Okay? Okay. Well, here's what happens when you have a fear of criticism and rejection. You're talking in a room just like this. You guys are all engaged. You're all engaged. But you go do your, your first gig or your second gig, and you got that person sitting there like... <laughs> right? You got, I, got, I got 30 people in here engaged. Though I'm going to focus on the one person who's not paying attention to me because I have a fear of rejection. I've noticed every time you've looked at your phone, I've noticed that you are giving me this, that's what not dealing with your fear will do to you. Now, you can't even serve these people because you're focusing on the one person who you think is not with you. And a lot of times, it's not that they're not with you. That's just them. So part of the skills that you have to develop as a person who stands in front of people is to know what you bring to the table. You got to know what you bring to the table. You got to know the value that you bring to the table. And you have to stop projecting your fears onto the people in the audience. Because that's what we do. Oh, my God, she doesn't think I'm good. She, oh, my God, she's looking at me. My hair is out of place. But, I mean, a hundred different things that stop you from serving the people who are right there with you. Okay? So dealing with whatever your fear is is going to be critical. You may be able to walk through some of the things that we talked about tonight. And then when it comes to when somebody says, I think you're fantastic. What's your fee? Uh, you're talking about money? <laughs> right? So maybe your fear is asking for the sale. Maybe your fear is uh, asking for the money. Maybe your fear is having that negoti- negotiation conversation about, you know, why you can't go down on your fee of $10,000. So it's a sales conversation that you're afraid of. All of those things are critical in terms of you being successful. All right? So let's talk about the art of speaking. The number one formula, I've taught lots of speakers over the last 20 years. The number one formula for being successful from the stage, number one, is being real. Being real. Not performing. Unless you are a performer. Unless your speaking talent is that you perform. You're a magician. You're a comedian. That's different. Anybody, any comedians in here? Okay. That's different than Someone's hired you to talk about your expertise or share your story or whatever. Being real. Now, I put this on top because it is the hardest thing for people to do. Again, for all the reasons you guys named. Feeling exposed, feeling vulnerable, what are people thinking of me, right? So it's at the top because it's the skill that all of you will have to really work on. Okay? Be relevant. What are, people, what are people who have your expertise, what are they talking about right now? What's relevant? What's happening in the, uh, in, the, in the landscape, in the marketplace now? Do you know what's happening? Can you address what's happening in the marketplace right now? Uh, be relatable. What does relatable mean? Use language, say no. Use language, say no. Tell stories that 
level the playing field. What story did I just tell that leveled the playing field? Laryngitis, what else? I was on television and I was scared. Even that you play basketball. Even somebody's in the audience that play basketball. Has a kid or a grandkid who play basketball. <laughs> so you embed those things in there that tell the people, oh, she's just like you. He's just like you. Because here's the thing. The reason that's important is when someone stands in front, when you stand in front of an audience, you have a great deal of authority that you don't even know that you have. You have a great deal of authority. You're, I'm teaching this course and you're not. I'm teaching this course because I have a level of authority in teaching this course. You guys already know that. So when you stand in front of an audience, you have authority. The great thing is you have authority. The challenging thing is that people will project their stuff onto you because you are an authority. Right? Oh, my gosh, she's an ESPN. Oh, my gosh, she's a national champion. Oh, my God. You're, you're thinking that. You don't even know that. You're thinking those things. So in order to level the playing field, I have to make myself more relatable. I did, I'm six feet. I could have worn 15 inches. I do have some <laughs> shoes, heels, right? Could have dressed up more. You got to understand what your package is. You got to understand how to make yourself relatable to your audience. Because at the end of the day, what I want you to walk out of here thinking is that you can do exactly what I'm telling you that you could do. The fewer barriers I can put up between us, the more you're going to think you can do what I teach you. Everybody with me on that? So you have the same challenges when you become an authority. Hmm, interesting, right? Right? When you stand up here and you have, an, when you have the authority, you're constantly attempting to embed things into your, to your audience's brain that help them understand that they can do this. They can do it. All right? Um, be riveting. Be relatable. Be riveting. Get your audience. You've already, first of all, the table's been set for you to, to be a riveting speaker. You are the authority. Everybody's looking at you already. So you get the audience in your hand and you keep them there. You keep them there by being those things, relatable, real, relevant, okay, telling your stories. Everybody with me? Cool. All right. What stops us from being real? We talked a little bit about that. What else stops us from being real other than the fact that we really just kind of wear a mask and we really don't like people to know who we are? What else? What stops us from being real? We've memorized the speech. <laughs> Very good. Right? We've memorized the speech. We know what's supposed to come. We know when you're supposed to laugh. We know. You've seen already. There are several things that are in here because I've done this a lot of times. That I told earlier because it was, I know the stuff. But it makes it more real because I can talk about it whenever. Whenever, it's, whenever it fits in. What else keeps us from being real? Reading. Reading? The little... Very good. Very good. Reading. Yep. What else? Difficulty with eye contact. And why don't we have good eye contact? Or what makes that a challenge? Okay. It's scary to look into people's eyes. Right? If you look into people's eyes too long, what will happen? Somebody's going to look off. If I just stare at you the whole time, you're going to look off. It's creepy. That's what we think. It's creepy. Stop looking at me. So what you start to do is you kind of, I kind of go around. You kind of look. Now it's creepy because you're the authority. I keep bringing that up, right? So I can't just go and stand here and look at you like this, right? I got to go here. I got to go there. I got to. Okay, but I've made contact with everybody in here. Real, real. Appropriate eye contact is a very powerful, powerful tool. Okay. All right. 
relevant. Is what you have to say meaningful to your audience? Is it meaningful? So, as I mentioned, you guys are experts. So you got to know what's happening in your landscape. Give me an, an example of, of an expertise that somebody has in here so I, you can talk about something that's real. Technical writing, okay? What's happening in your industry right now? Going from um, to Okay, good. All right, what else? Who else? Triathlon coaching. What's that? Triathlon. Triathlon. What's happening in your industry right now? Um, the switch to more using more technology with everything, yep. gadgets and, and everything, and our new iPhones can track how much sleep and everything else. Exactly, exactly. So here's what's interesting about that. When you, when you are gifted as the, as the authority and you people have hired you to talk about things, they expect to learn stuff they didn't know. They expect you to teach it. I mean, I may, you may have heard some of this stuff, but you will learn something you did not know today, right? So with you, let's use your example. When you stand before people and you're the authority, you're the expert or whatever, you raise your authority when you introduce concepts that they don't know. So that's why I asked the question a couple of times, what's happening in your industry? You've got to stay on top of your industry and your area of expertise. Remember the lineup? I said there are three people in the lineup. What separates you from the other people who are out there doing what you do? Well, maybe it's that you're a, a, you know, a voracious researcher. Maybe it's your energy. I don't know what it is. But there has to be something that makes a booker go, yeah, I like her. I like her. But we need this person over here. Okay? So being relevant is very important. Being relatable. Can your audience identify with you? We kind of talked about this. Can they identify with you? What would make you more relatable? Stories. Stories? Stories about you or other people that... Yep. Are. Yep. What else? What will make you more relatable? Yes. Causing this to be asked to a question so you can tell you're really thinking about what your audience is saying to you. Okay. Good. What about how you dress? How you dress? Without question. Humor. Humor. Humor is great. Your word um, choice. Your word choice. Your your phrasing. Yes. The answers to the questions. Yeah, the answers to the questions that you give. I want to say something about humor. How many of you think you're naturally funny? <laughs> He's he says I'm hilarious, right? Okay. You think you're naturally funny? Here's the thing. There's nothing worse. How many of you have heard someone with a joke that wasn't funny? Is that painful? Yes. Right? You've seen, how many of you have seen people who try to be funny? And it's just like, no, don't do that. If funny is not your thing, I mean, you better be Jim Carrey. You better be Jamie Foxx. You better be, you know, David Letterman. You better be funny if you're going to introduce humor into your stuff. And maybe sometimes your awkwardness is your funny. Right? Anybody ever seen anybody who's awkward? Just awkward. And it's kind of funny. Some people use that. So understand what's in your toolbox. If that's not your thing, don't force it. You're constantly, you're constantly competing with everything to get your audience's attention. What they have to do afterwards, who's, on the, who's texting them, the words you just used that they didn't understand. I mean, you're constantly competing with lots of stuff going on in your audience. So you want to make sure your toolbox is stacked with the stuff that's going to be in your favor. All right, in terms of being riveting, telling stories, using images. I'm going to pause here and talk to you guys about how to become more riveting. Okay, we're talking about the art of speaking. Number one, if you are given a podium, do not stand in front of it if you can help it. 
Do not stand. Oh, yeah. Do not stand behind it. Thank you. Do not stand behind it. Do not stand here and deliver a speech. Why? Boring. Boring? What else? Pious. It's a barrier. What else? Pious. 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 Okay. You start playing with it. Start playing with it. You get very stiff. And your audience is, is right here. I'm, I've developed a skill of sleeping with my eyes open. <laughs> so if I was a boring speaker, I mean, literally, I can be looking at you and be asleep. Okay? So if I'm walking, you're more engaged. Aren't you guys more engaged? you got to follow me over here because I'm going over here. Okay? I'm doing what you guys need to do. I'm not just teaching you. I'm showing you what you need to do. You move in. Guess what? All of you guys went right over here. All right? So you want to make sure that you're engaging with more than just your voice. Images, a lot of times I'll do um, presentations that have pictures, because we love pictures. So definitely put pictures in your presentation. Or if you have, sometimes, you know, if you have a picture, touch is even powerful. Give that picture around. People go, well, won't they, won't they be looking at the picture? Yeah, they will. That's okay. This side will be engaged with the picture, and we'll go in here and we'll talk to these people. They'll catch up. Right? Don't be afraid to just have a conversation with your audience. Sounds. If I were telling a story, in fact, I will tell a story. If, if I were telling a story that had, you know, the sound of, if I were telling my laryngitis story, I would say, I spoke in, in London on one day, the very next day, lost my voice when I got to Italy. Was that effective? Yes. Okay. So use sound. If you're talking about, for instance, something failed, don't just say, and there was this huge Crash. I mean, boom! Drop a book. Yes. Create some kind of, create a full sensory experience for your, your audience. I want, if you're telling a story from your childhood, I want to smell the bacon in your grandmother's kitchen. I want to see the ocean that you, walk, that you walked out in front of all the time. Every summer. I want to smell the bread. Create a full sensory experience for your audience. Smell, touch, sight, hear. You will not forget that speaker. You will not forget the speaker that awakens every sense that you have. Okay? All right, let's talk about the three M's of success before we take a break. Very important, the three M's of success, your message, the messenger, and the method. So in order to be a well-paid speaker, you've got to have a different kind of message, you've got to be a different kind of messenger, or you have to have a different method. Okay, so let's talk about the first one. Being, having a different kind of message. Who knows, who's read a book about financial freedom? Can you give me the title, the name of a book called, about financial freedom? What is it? The Courage to be Rich. Okay. The Courage to be Rich. Okay. What do you guys think about that title of a book? What do you think about it? Courage to be rich. What's it about? 
Being rich, what else? Having, <laughs> having courage. Yes, good. keep going. What's that? Takes work. Making money. All right. Susie Orman. This is her book. Good old Susie. There's a title of a book that is You Are Broke Because You Want to Be. Literally. That's the name of a book. You're broke because you want to be. Same content as the courage to be rich. You're broke because you want to be. Different message, right? Same content, different message. What's the message with you're broke because you want to be? Lazy. Right? What else? It's your fault. Right. You have the, like, that's how you frame it is it's your fault. And I hear I have the power to be rich. That's what I hear, but that's my framing. You're broke because you want to be. Don't blame it on the economy. Don't blame it on the fact that you're brown. Don't blame it on this. You're broke because you want to be. This speaks to a certain audience. This speaks to a certain audience. You've got to create that much distinction in the marketplace around what you do. Because there's somebody out there doing what you do. And if you're going to, if you're going to compete with Susie Orman and uh, Larry Wingett, this is this guy. He's a pit bull of personal development. Look at that, the pit bull of personal development. He moves me to messenger. He's not the, I'm going to feel good, I'm going to put my arm around you. I might put my arm around you after we make you a lot of money, but basically it's not going to be a lot of kumbaya with Larry Wingett. It is, you are broke because you want to be, and if you can deal with that, let's go make some money. Now some people will resonate with that. I resonate with that because I'm not about blaming other people for what I don't have, but that's me. Some people like to be loved and kissed and hugged, and, and I like all that too, but at the end of the day, I want the results. And if i got to listen to a pit bull of personal development to give me my results, I'm with that. Okay? So create some distinction in the marketplace around who you are. The message is different, so a different kind of messenger. Larry Wingett is a different kind of messenger. Same content, same result, different kind of messenger. So you got to figure out what kind of messenger are you now. Most people don't have the courage to be Larry Winget. And guess what that means? That means he gets a lot of money. Because most people are trying to go, do you have the courage to be rich? There's nothing wrong with that. It's just crowded. And if we go back to our talk 20 minutes ago about why we are afraid of being in front of audiences, it's because we fear rejection. We fear what people are going to say about us. We fear what people are going to think about us. So we don't have the courage to say you are broke because you want to be. Most people, 90% of the people don't have the courage to be that kind of messenger. I guarantee you, in your space, whatever it is, there's a place for you to be different. If you have the courage to be different. There, there is. And sometimes you're not making as much money as you can be making because you're too afraid to step outside of what other people are doing. Even though you may be thinking it. Even though you know anybody who's funnier at home than they are at work, you have more freedom there. It's the same thing. I want to give you permission to be who you really are right now and not try to fake it. Don't try to fake it. If you really are the nice, kind, gentle, you want to take that, 
then own it. But if really deep down inside you want to tell somebody you're broke because you want to be, then you got to own that too. It's not right or wrong. There is no right or wrong here. Everybody with me on that? It's a choice. But you have to be a different kind of messenger if you want to break out. Every time I do this class, there are 30 people in here. So every semester, every whatever, hundreds of people are walking out there doing what you do with no distinction whatsoever. You have to be distinct in the marketplace. You have to have, you have, to be the, have the courage to be distinct in the marketplace to do anything, okay? Uh, and then the method. Different kind of message, different kind of messenger, or a different kind of method. Because let's face it, there are only a few ways to go be rich. Would you guys agree? <laughs> like there are certain things that you do. Compound interest, put them up. You're going to get there eventually. So if we all can agree that they're only that that the content is basically the same, why do some speakers make it and some speakers not? Because the way they do it is different. The way their method is different. You have to acknowledge that there are people like you doing what you do with the same content. So what's going to be the differentiation? It's how you do it. There are people who teach this course who there's usually a, a podium. I said, stop putting podiums. It's a waste of furniture when I do this thing. I'm not going to stand in front of a podium. That's not how I do this class. That's not me. So you've got to understand what your distinction is in the marketplace. You've got to understand what it is that makes your method different. Anybody know Tony Robbins? Sure. Right? Everybody knows Tony Robbins. What's Tony Robbins known for? Motivational, Motivational speaking, power, personal power. What else? What's the physical thing he's known for? Because he was creating distinction in the marketplace because everybody started being a personal empowerment guru. And let's face it, people who like to get inspired are easily inspired. Are we not? <laughs> we are very easily motivated. That's who we are. I can, I'm with my people. I can tell. Right? So Tony recognized that, hey, everybody's got the message. Everybody's kind of the same messenger. So I got I to gotta sexy up my methods. So what did he do? He started walking on fire. On coals. What? He started walking on fire. Why? Because few people have the courage to walk on fire. Billion dollars later, that differentiation made all the difference. He's not just telling you that you can do it. If you put your mind to it, you really can do it. That's the basis of his message. If you get yourself in a certain state, you can do this. That's my message. That's Oprah's message. That's some of your messages. But I ain't walking on no fire. <laughs> get that across to y'all. But Tony did. Created massive distinction in the marketplace. You guys with me? you got to create some distinction in the marketplace. And you got to know your comfort zone. I mean, he was like, I'm sure he was thinking about saying, what can we do that's going to just like, we're not going to be like anybody else. Well, you know, Zig Ziglar is doing this. Well, uh, Jay Abraham's doing this. Well, so-and-so, so-and-so is doing this. But are they walking on fire? No, they're not. Let's walk on fire. That's how that idea came about. you got to be able to create some distinction in the marketplace. Because now people will start saying, you know, Tony Robbins, personal power, uh-uh. The guy who walked on fire, yes! <laughs> Distinction. Let's take a break.
Let's go ahead and get started. So we've got an hour left, a little over an hour left, and we've talked about the art of, uh, of the business. But I wanted to say this because it's something someone, I heard a conversation in the hall landing here about getting going. Um, and I can't be credited with this. I heard someone say this is a start that stops most people. It is a start that stops most people. Like you are going to leave here armed with stuff to go and do but it's taking that step and it goes back to our initial conversation about what stops us from doing things anyway fear of rejection fear of failure whatever that is fear of not doing it right whatever that is speaking is a very forgiving profession because everybody's had an auspicious beginning at whatever they've done so it's not about doing it right. I want you guys to take massive, imperfect action. Just start doing it. And you'll work yourself through getting better at it. In fact, what I can be credited with is what I say all the time when people ask me about being on television. I was willing to be bad at it because I believed I would eventually get good at it. I was willing to be bad in front of millions of people because I was willing to work to get good at it. You guys are not going to be putting yourselves out there to millions of people, a handful, a couple, or whatever, but you got to be willing to be bad at it to get good at it. Because nothing, I can't simulate what it feels like to stand here in front of an audience. You have to stand here in front of an audience to have that own experience for yourself. So that's why I said just get out there and just start doing it. Just start doing it. And get your experience under your feet so that you know what makes you bad and nervous so you can go back and work on those things. Everybody with that? Okay. So let's talk about your message. Your central theme. Whatever, whatever the thing, if I say, let's, if we had a full day together and I would say, this is what I would do if we were doing a weekend, one of my weekend retreats or something. I would say, okay, we're going to go out, we're going to go downtown for a couple hours and you have to speak you got to find an audience and we got to speak you guys can breathe we don't have time to go do that today but that's what we would be doing if you were in one of my weekend retreats we'd go speak so I'd make sure that the start didn't stop you we're going to speak you got five minutes to go down there whatever you need to do let's go you should see your face <laughs> you're looking petrified <laughs> okay but I'd get you over that hump. You've just been inspired by the Badass Business Show with Fran Harris. Like this podcast on iTunes and visit FranHarris.com for your free badass gift.